Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. and welcome to New Heights Educational Group Radio Show. My name is Kaden Behan, your host, along with our co-host, Sadia Ijaz. How are you doing, Sadia? I'm very well, thank you. Awesome. So we're very excited today to talk about um, our program, which is summer reading and why it's very important. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. So now that we've talked about, like Sadia said, why summer reading is important, especially when we consider how much of a setback it can be for students who don't participate in reading activities over the summer um, throughout their entire education, this impact, obviously, you want to negate for your child and for their success. So here's just a small little ABCs of how to improve your reading over the summer, and then we'll get more in-depth for strategies of stopping summer loss um, of academic success. So the ABCs of improved reading, access to books. It's critical that kids have access to a wide variety of books over the summer months, but we know that access alone doesn't make a strong impact. Books um, that match the reader's ability, levels, and interests, so this is B, for young readers, For young people's reading skills to improve, they need to read books that align with their own reading levels. Reading books that are too easy or too hard won't help. So when you're helping your child to pick out books, make sure to monitor which books that they get, that you know what level of reading that they are, and so you can get something that's moderately challenging for them, that engages them, that's not too easy but not too difficult to understand that they may either be uninterested or unable to complete this reading. Number um, letter C, comprehension, as monitored and guided by an adult, teacher, or parent, a little bit what we talked about just recently. The most important piece to making sure summer reading is effective is the help of an adult who can ask questions and guide kids to better understand what they're reading. And this information was taken in part from uh, James Cannon, assistant professor of education at Harvard University. So there's a lot of big... um, big shots in, this, in, the, in a sense, really focusing on this education issue of summer reading. So it kind of gives you a little clue that it is very, very important and it's important as parents to make sure that your children are participating and actively doing their summer instruction, whether that be reading or assignments over the summer in addition to reading. Also, some strategies for stopping summer loss. Um, that have to do more with the gen than just reading, but also 
going out and looking for activities that help engage your student in academic areas over the summer. One way currently um, parents, students, parents, schools, and communities use these three primary ways to stop summer academic loss for children. Summer school, summer reading programs offered by public libraries or other community organizations, and the reading of books available in the home. Each approach has value for most students who participate. So for summer school, children from middle-income families appear to rely on school for only a portion of their academic learning. Children in poor families, however, rely primarily on school for academic learning. Summer school programs are one way to combat summer academic loss, but because of costs, they are not widely available. Despite the growth in popularity, summer school programs enroll only about 10% of the nation's school children. Further, most schools begin mandating summer school only after students have fallen behind in the regular school year work. However, I know that in previous radio shows, we've talked about different resources online that are free and available for students who are interested or parents who are interested to look up information or classes. Uh, one example is on iTunes U. They have many teaching classes from universities. If you're at that level, if your student's at that level, they also have instruction classes for lower levels for K-12 learning. So if your child or your family is not able to afford summer school, doesn't necessarily have the means of getting it unless they are actually behind. A lot of schools I know will offer it unless you're actually failing. You can go online to your Apple account, many people have this, and you can look up different classes and different subjects that you feel your student might be interested in or might be struggling in, or if you just want to prepare for a class that you know your child is going to have in the upcoming years, and just brush up on those skills beforehand would really help improve their academic success once they get to school. Additionally, public, public library programs to promote summer reading are also um, very, very useful with eliminating the achievement gap over the summer. While many schools and their libraries are closed for the summer, public libraries provide free and accessible resources for reading and learning. Many public libraries across the nation sponsor summer reading programs for school-aged children. Statistics from the American Library Association indicate that 94% of libraries offer study space for children, and 95% of libraries offer summer reading programs, 89% provide story hours, and 83% work cooperatively with schools. While helpful overall, many poor children are still at a disadvantage. In many instances, public libraries located in poor neighborhoods are the first to close or restrict hours in a budget crunch. Even when the public libraries are open, poor children may not be able to get transportation to get there, a more pronounced obstacle in rural, rural areas. Research shows that public library use among poor children drops off when a library is more than six blocks from their home, compared with more than two miles from middle-class children. So we, this is something just to keep in mind. A lot of this research is on the achievement gap um, between different classes of children financially and what hinders um, or stops children with less financial stability from being able to learn over the summer, um, which essentially, like we talked about, kind of snowballs into them not being able to keep up with the rest of the children and to succeed overall. So I just I wanted to include some of this information um, from the research 
even though it may not hopefully apply to a lot of our listeners, um, that because it is important to understand and think about, especially I know that a lot of our community are teachers and interested in providing free educational resources to help students who can't afford it. But these are just some things to consider uh, when helping children who seem to be behind, and these are the reasons why they may be behind. Also, like we talked about, books in the home is very important to have. Research has shown that summer reading is a single summer activity that is most strongly and consistently related to summer learning. The best predictor of summer reading is whether books are in the home. Unfortunately, many students go home to a text-free or text-poor zone. An analysis of data from the Early Childhood Longitudinal Survey of a nationally representative sample of more than 20,000 children entering kindergarten in the fall of 1998 showed large disparities across ethnic groups in the number of books available in children's homes. On average, white families reported owning an average of 93 books compared to an average of 39 books for black families, 41 books for Hispanic families, and 49 books for Asian families. Further, when the composite measure of socioeconomic status and number of books in the children's homes was included, the entire reading gap between black and white students and the most of the gap between Hispanic and white children was accounted for. There are still children with no books in the home, plus the mere existence of books in the home does not guarantee that they contain child-appropriate content are of the interest to the child or are written at a child's level that a child can understand. So basically what this little section is saying, that books are very important to have in the home. Obviously, the main thing that you need in order to learn is access to materials. And what they're talking about there are just disparities in different ethnic groups. Um, during the 1990s, late 1990s, has a lot to do with income um, and the education of different families from different backgrounds. And so it's just good to consider that as educators when you're trying to tutor somebody um, you really want to ensure that you know what they have access to their home. I know that when I tutored uh, a couple of students at my school that I had to consider that they may not have different books that I would have access, access to to study from at home. And so when you're tutoring or I'm when you're considering uh, teaching, and I know a lot of New Heights uh, educational group obviously is about teaching and sharing information and educational resources and providing help in that way, you um, want to consider all these things that I didn't know about and um, probably many of our audience members don't know about as well as to why some students may struggle with reading or math or science. A lot of the times it really just comes down to access. Um, so now Sadia is going to share a little bit more ways to help keep your child from becoming a rusty reader. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Mm -hmm. uh, I think parents uh, play a really important role. In order for your child to also um, get in the mood to reading, you should also uh, encourage 
and motivate them and, like, try to help them understand or take the time to tell them why it's really important to read. So some of the ways to keep your child from becoming a rusty reader over the summer are, number one, encourage your children to read books they enjoy for at least 30 minutes per day. Your child will likely to be more engrossed in material they choose by themselves than material that is forced on them. Um, number two, pro- provide incentives for reluctant readers. For example, if your child enjoys basketball, agree to agree to take them to the local court and do their daily reading. Number three, make reading a social act. Establish a time during the day when all members of the family gather and read on their own, or take turns reading the same book aloud. Number four, connect your reading to family outings. If you take your uh, kids to an aquarium, consider reading a book about fish or the ocean with them later that day. The outing can help place the reading into a border context, broader context. Uh, and there's still time for kids to pick up a book this summer. Take your children to your local library or bookstore and let them pick out a book they're going to love today. They will be better readers tomorrow for it. So that's um, um, there must be many more uh, um, things that you can do with your children to encourage reading at home. And um, sometimes asking them for favors to read, uh, even just a brochure, uh, they might be like, they might be excited that you asked them to do a favor for them. I knew I was. Um, so that really is helpful to just have them be encouraged to read, um, like, anything that they like or anything that, you know, is good for them. And it's something that they do like. So Yeah, I know a lot of times when I was – Younger, it would be an activity that we did. Um, I think many children probably did this before bedtime. My mom would always read um, the Chronicles of Narnia. I think that was popular mm-hmm. then. That she would always read yeah. those books, and I was always very excited to read them with her. So definitely, children are excited. I find that not a lot of children are necessarily not excited to read unless they feel pressured or that they're. Mm-hmm feel um, self-conscious of their ability to read in a school mm-hmm. setting. But typically with uh, their parents, I find that children are excited to be read to and to help mm-hmm. read and to, out to show off different things yeah. that they know how to read. Also, uh, and just another tip for how to help your child with reading and vocabulary, I know that the children that I babysit for, uh, sometimes what they do is they have a game night and it's a vocabulary-esque kind of game. And you have a word, and then you have to match it to the picture. And so it helps their reading comprehension and their vocabulary while at the same time making it fun. And I know that, a lot, like I said, I'm a tech person, so these free resources that I find on iTunes U or Apple, they're also available in the App Store for iPads. You can find a lot of different good learning tools mm-hmm. um, with flashcards and things like that that you can find. Also, I find that for older people, if you want to keep your skills kind of honed in over the summer, one of the great things to do is to teach other students and to tutor other students. I find that it really helps you to remember what you were taught because I know I have terrible, terrible 
some are lost. I always forget <laughs> nearly half of the things that I've learned um, over yeah. the course of the school year, the summer if I don't use it. So I find that tutoring actually really helped me to remember it because mm-hmm. I would have to remember the skills and actually teach other people. Uh, and mm-hmm. on that note, just because I know that New Heights Educational Group is lo- always looking for tutors and teachers, if you're interested in tutoring or teaching over the summer, definitely contact us. We can You can contact us at our number at 419-786-0247 or our email at newheightseducation at yahoo.com, and we'd definitely love to have you. Um, we're always in need of volunteers for teaching and tutoring, so definitely contact us if you're interested. So that about wraps up our show for today. Next week, I'm not here, but I'm sure Sadia and our other host, Pamela Clark, founder and director of New Heights mm-hmm. Educational Group, will be there. And what we're going to talk about is uh, financial tips for young adults. I know that as I'm going to college next year, and a lot of, obviously, seniors from high school who graduated are going to college next year, are going to have to start learning to manage their own funds away from home and to be organized in this way. And it's not only good for them, but it's good for students um, who are getting into that age range as well to start learning how to manage money. So next show, which will be July 20th, we're going to talk about different ways of helping your child manage their own money, um, their own bank accounts, and learn a little bit more about the value of money. I know I definitely... Learned a lot more about the value of money when I had to start paying mm-hmm. for my own things. So <laughs> it was definitely, definitely a process, but it is necessary. So join us for that show next week, and we look forward to having you. Thank you for the audience for listening, and uh, thank you, Sadia, for being here with me today. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels.